Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am your host, Scott, and I am happy and honored to welcome back to the show the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts out there, Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney. I'm just going to go in no particular order here. Uh, we'll start with Nick. Nick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. Then we have Paul. Paul, thanks for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. I love being on the stuff we love because it is some of the stuff that I love. That's very flattering. Just, Thank you. And Dean, so. welcome back to the show. One of your favorites. Yes. I feel like we've been downgraded since recent. Oh, well, no, you are the favorite. You are the favorite. <laughs> true crime, I think, you know, he's there. got, he's got uh, cereal going on. You know, uh, Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I do like my conchocula. Because right. there hasn't been an episode released in once. Listen, <laughs> I'll take that up with the editor. That's a good when, call. Yeah. When we, you we guys listen to podcasts, do you listen at faster speeds or do you listen yeah. at the normal speed? Depends mm-hmm. on the show. But yeah, some of them I do listen at like one and a half or two. Right. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. I just find that I list, I subscribe to so many that I feel this pressure when they come out because I also want to listen to music during the day and it's just well, how so you my, balance the time. Mine's different. I just have that sort of Connecticut, New York pace to my speak. So when shows are hosted by folks who are not from the Northeast, they tend to talk slower. And so by putting them on one and a half to two speed, it sounds like I'm back home. Mm. Yeah, and some of the more produced shows that I like to listen to, um, they take their time. They're measured. They have pauses built in, so it sounds very professional. And there's no ums, there's no ahs, there's right? No, uh, there's you know none of that stuff is in there. And at the same time, I'm like, get on with it. What are you trying to say? So, <laughs> yeah, one and a half speed two starts to sound a little funny, right? Little, little listening chip to, monkey. Listening to butter and bacon at two and a half or two speed Oof. is really funny because we speak in the Northeast. Well, do you think well, now if you get Nick into the show, long. what's that, Dean? Sorry, Scott. So, so at two, two times speed, then Nick sounds like he's from the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, for a dramatic effect tonight, I'm going to have a, a very dramatic pause. Are you ready? Tonight, we will be... <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. That was good. I thought the pause was before tonight, though. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those Uber Eats commercials. <laughs> tonight, I'll be having a club sandwich with... <laughs> Speaking of Uber Eats, I've used Uber Eats twice in the past three weeks, and the delivery has been fantastic. It's like instantaneous. Haven't tried it. It's good. I've never used Uber Eats. Speaking of instantaneous, <laughs> we're already going. I was at a Starbucks in Georgia on my trip this summer. <laughs> this summer, and I gotta tell you, it's the fastest Starbucks I've ever been to. No one else was at the drive-through line. We ordered, including a hot sandwich. We pulled up to the window. Literally five seconds later, they gave my wife the sandwich. It was smoking hot i've never seen a faster starbucks wow guy before you ordered it and drove off (laughs) that's right that's right love to have him as a guest on the show (laughs) i know what that was about so tonight we got a very special show because this is the week that walt disney world will be celebrating its 50th anniversary and if all goes as planned this episode will actually be dropping on the 50th anniversary itself. So clearly this is the most important thing happening (laughs) on the 50th. Once this episode gets released, the celebrations can get underway. But I thought tonight, guys, what we would do is just have a relaxed, easygoing, fun discussion about all things Walt Disney World, why we love it, why we keep coming back to it, some 
memories related to our visits there over the years, along with a little bit of a discussion about some of the things that have been announced, many of which actually were announced earlier today, connected to the 50th. So why don't we start with that, do kind of like a new segment to get the show going. And I want to begin by talking briefly about something that got a lot of attention today, which is the unveiling of a Southwest Airlines jet that is themed to the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Apparently, Southwest Air started 50 years ago as well, and they're sharing their anniversaries. So I don't know if you have you guys seen footage of this jet yet. Inside and outside seems to have Disney World decals on the on the side of the plane and even on the window things that you pull down. Yeah, on the flight, which is pretty cool. You didn't see my tweet then, because I tweeted the one where they have the the window veil with figment on it, and I was saying, "Excuse me, ma'am, can I switch seats with you so I can sit next to figment?" Uh, I did not see that tweet. Completely unrelated. Uh, tomorrow is Starbucks' fiftieth an- no fortieth anniversary. Fiftieth anniversary. I think it's Starbucks' fiftieth anniversary this week too. Are there any perks? Uh, if you bring in your own refillable mug, they'll give you a free Pike's Place tomorrow. Won't help your listeners on the show because it's not coming out until after tomorrow. I think but, Dunkin' uh, Donuts. What is that there? Yeah, Paul? bring that mug. Oh yeah, that's a nice mug. Paul's holding up a, a Starbucks mug. Yes, yeah, is my Christmas plastic reusable um, that I get every year. Um, but yes, uh, tomorrow also um, at which won't help your listeners at all. The uh, Dunkin' Donuts, if you buy anything from them, they'll give you a free coffee for National Don- uh, Coffee Day. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> Unrelated to the 50th, but very exciting. There is, by the way, a Starbucks tie-in to the 50th. I don't know if you guys have seen that. At Magic Kingdom, they're selling commemorative 50th anniversary Starbucks merchandise. Have you guys seen those cups? And there's a pin, I think. Yes, I want that mug. It's a nice mug. And they got a good tumbler as well, I think. Have you guys ever flown on a themed plane? I know United's got Star Wars themed. Have you been on one? Uh, Does Hawaiian Airlines count? Sure. The whole thing is themed to like 70s Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, you mean the Polynesian, speaking of Disney World. Right. For a while, I, I think it was Southwest. I'm not sure. They had, their planes had like states on the side of them. Mm-hmm. And like we flew to Las Vegas on a plane, I think that said like Montana or something on it. Close. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, the plane looked very cool. I think people kind of wanted more from this. Southwest hinted there was going to be a big announcement, but Let's, I think it's cool. People, I mean, what were they expecting there to be uh, a whole fleet of 737s or whatever uh, it is? Literally said, we have a magical announcement tomorrow. Right. And they, they do. They have a magical themed plane around Disney magic. I, yeah, I, I don't know. People were expecting like, oh, $5 fares. No, stop. <laughs> stop. Yeah, not happening. And no. I do, we know, uh, do, do we know what route that plane's going to fly? Going to no, fly to question. Seattle and back. It's yeah, it's uh, it's the Wichita to Chicago. <laughs> hey, Mickey's my co-pilot. I do think that. Uh, Did he South- take the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that um, Southwest is giving away trips. Yeah, there's probably some kind of contest. Yeah, so so you could do that. But yeah, I thought it was a cool announcement. I thought the planes looked really cool. Um, then we had something that I'll be honest with you. I have not fully studied because it was just announced, but apparently there's 150 food items 
that are coming to Walt Disney World this year in, con in connection to the anniversary. And these are going to be at the parks, resorts, Disney Springs restaurants. This is very exciting because I think this will obviously affect way more people than the Southwest announcement. Um, like I said, I haven't really studied it. I do know one thing that's getting a lot of attention is an ice cream sundae that is themed to Orville's tub from Carousel of Progress. It's a brownie sundae. It looks fantastic, like hot really? fudge, whipped cream sprinkles, just classic sundae in a dish that looks like a tub. And I think that's phenomenal. I just think you, that's a great announcement. You get to keep the tub? I, I'm keeping it anyway if I'm ordering it. I don't care yeah. what you say. <laughs> I mean, like the, kitchen, like the kitchen sink, you can get that little plastic. Yeah. Is it something you could take with you? A, I don't think it's that big. It's more like one of those helmet Sundays you'd get mm -hmm. at a ballpark. Um, right. But B, I think it is just a cast plastic. I don't think it's like that. You're right, Nick. Um, that kitchen sink is kind of a robust piece of plastic. This is not. Yeah. If from um, Food and Wine, like in 2018, they had, um, I think it was 2018, one of the places had, a, they gave you little cups with, um, the glow cubes in it, yeah. you know, different flavored drinks. And I don't think you were supposed to take the cups when you were done, but I have three of them in my cup. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I, I figure if they're plastic, you're not returning them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's my rationale. Look, if you get a helmet Sunday, I go to the restroom and I wash the helmet. Absolutely. Right. Right in the I mean, the sink right in the sink. <laughs> right. Right. It is kind of a disgusting process when you think about it, but <laughs> what's a chicken dinner cupcake trio? Hmm. That is the, uh, the, the special food item coming to Fort Wilderness uh, campground. Oh, I don't know where, but it says a chicken dinner cupcake trio. Each one of them had a description. In the... Well, you know, it's interesting, guys, because. There's been some people who, as always, have complained about these announcements. And I think this announcement, it's kind of like a dropping the mic in the world of food announcements, because we knew there would be celebratory snacks released in connection with the anniversary. I did not anticipate 150 items. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's an enormous amount of choices. And that's on top of your old favorites. So if you're going to Disney and you want, OK, you want a Gideon's cookie. OK, you could get that. But now you got to make room for 20 new ice cream sundaes. All right, chicken dinner cupcake trio. Fried chicken apple fritter, apple pie moonshine filling with vanilla buttercream is one of them. Peas, carrots, strawberries, moonshine custard, white chocolate frosting, and M&M mini peas is another. <laughs> peas and carrots <laughs> in a cupcake? Guys, you didn't see it. This is not a podcast. He looked like a shark about to attack with the shape of his mouth. And then the final one is a mock mashed potato Snickers mousse cupcake, caramel buttercream, and starburst butter. Okay. Is this the, I don't know if this is the picture? That's the, the first and third one sound okay. Yeah, I you know I think it's one of those it's 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 the novelty of it you know like most of these things like um and Dean I know you're you're a large connoisseur of the cupcakes no pun intended um in Walt Disney World until all right that's cute Nick's those are actually cake. adorable yeah. yeah they are they are very adorable it looks like a piece of fried chicken it does even carrots and mashed, and potatoes. mashed potatoes gravy with a big pat of butter that's fun top. that's very fun and put time is, into that I like that and that is the stuff we love and that is the good stuff. 
But, um, you know, like, like Dean, like I was saying, you're a huge fan of the cupcakes, you know, throughout the property. And, you know, we always joke, oh, what's the commemorative cupcake going to be for this particular celebration? Looks like they went a little above and beyond for sure. uh, the cupcakes here. Absolutely. Then, and I'm sorry, Nick, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the problem with this announcement is the pictures don't line up with each of the items. So you kind of have to scroll back and forth. Mm-hmm to find the one that you want to uh, it's a scavenger hunt it is and i want to bust this pig to the pig <laughs> the pig oh that's like a bonbon pig where is that that's the uh, pig pignata it is i don't know because it's not lined up with the picture like <laughs> <laughs> what um what's your source there for that info the uh, disney parks blog oh. Oh, it's an official source. That's official. Yeah, this will have to be studied and we'll probably get its own three part series. Yeah, seriously. Well, we're going to do a bracket on uh, bacon <laughs> next March. It'll the, come out in 2025. The 50th celebration will go on long uh, enough. We'll probably get that one out on time. Right. Fortuna. Uh, what's that called? Bib Fortuna? No. Bib Lettuce Fortuna? That's Fortera Conceda. Oh, the Frontera Cucina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a chocolate. Right, that's a good place. I went there on my trip. That's a that's a good place. Chocolate pinata. Pinata. Pig pinata. <clears throat> pinata and pig put together. Chocolate shell filled with stuff I can't pronounce. Moose. Tender cake infused with whiskey spell? and vanilla. C-A-J-E-T-A. Nosh. Can I, oh, okay. Tell I'm not a baker. <laughs> Neither am I. I just eat a lot. Yeah. You're not a baker. Uh, you just eat a lot. Right. <laughs> got a tender cake infused with whiskey and vanilla, crumbles of chipotle bacon, candied orange, and Maria cookie. Yes, that's a mallet to break your pinata. Serves two. I heard uh, bacon. Yeah, Serves two. Yeah. Now I feel judged. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The pressure's My- on. My biggest disappointment is I only see the words peanut butter appear once mm. in this 150 uh, items. Interesting. And it's a peanut butter and banana pie. Here's a question for you. Speaking of peanut butter, if you go to an ice cream shop, do you get peanut butter or hot fudge? Hot yes. Fudge. Actually. No way, Jose. I get either. If I, don't see, if I don't see peanut butter, I leave. Wow. I'm with Nick. That's harsh. More ice cream for me and Scott. Well, there was one other news story I wanted to mention tonight, which is that I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but on this Twitter, it leaked from, I guess, the Disney store in Japan, some of the merchandise that's coming out as part of this retro line for the 50th anniversary. Did you guys see any of those pictures? Did not. So, no, I have not. I saw and, a cool sweater. There's some cool stuff. And actually, at the co op, I think some of the stuff may already be on display. I also saw photos of that. And it really is classic retro theme merchandise. So, for example, they're selling T-shirts, one of which is a Mr. Toad's T-shirt. They got another shirt that looks like it's from the 70s with a picture of Florida and Mickey Mouse pointing to the center of the state. And it says Walt Disney World. Then they got, I don't know if you got, if I, I may be wrong about this, but this is what it looked like to me. You know those back scratch scratchers? I remember as a kid seeing those sold everywhere in Disney World. They're actually selling this now as part of their retro line. And they got like a 
mug for the preview center. It's really cool stuff. I, I'm very intrigued by this because I love retro things and retro merch. Nick's got me on the hunt for anything with peanut now or peanut butter. <laughs> the uh, the Dumbo churros will be churros rolled in peanut dust served with chocolate dipping sauce. Healthy. One more thing that uh, occurred to me to mention is that Amazon today, when they announced their new product line, also announced that they're going to have a tie-in with Disney that will be operational in 2022. And it's really going to have two components to it. The first component is that users of the Amazon Echo at home would be able to say, hey, Disney, and apparently interact with characters, hear stories, hear jokes, and they'll have characters' voices. And that's pretty cool. Anything to bring the Disney magic home is great. The second component is that Amazon Echo devices are going to be installed in, I think, all Walt Disney World resort guest rooms over time. And guests will be able to use the device to do things like order towels to their room, um, maybe check out. I really don't know what the full capability of options are. It caused a little bit of a meltdown on uh, this Twitter today, uh, but I actually think it's a really cool thing. I think it makes the stay a little easier, and uh, I wanted your guys' take on it. I mean, it, it was like four years ago or so, Disney started asking on uh, visitor surveys as to whether or not people would be comfortable using or want to use voice assistance. Mm-hmm. People say, okay, Google, people say Alexa, people say, hey, Siri. Um, you know, it's just become part of a lot of people's lives. It's also not of people's lives. As my Siri now asks me what I what it wants to help me with. Um, so perfect example. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think for people that want to do it, it's, it's, it's an addition. I don't see it being integral to any vacation. Um, it actually, they're using the screen version. So, you know, you'll, you'll have a little screen there. It'll display the time. They might pick some kind of animation on there. You know, a lot like when you turn on resort TV, uh, you know, today's park hours are, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, and Nick has found the Mickey backstretcher. Awesome. $12.99. That's not bad. not bad. And there's a pin set of uh, Mickey and Minnie backstretchers. But, you know, it, it, if you don't want to use it, just unplug it. You know. Or take it down to the front desk. Or take it down to the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Those are pins. Nick is showing a picture of the pins of the backscratchers. Those are neat because they're not normal pin shapes. Yes. Well, Paul, I agree with you. It's something that if you're into that stuff, it's a plus. If you're not into it, just unplug it. There are people that have privacy concerns. Yeah. Uh, they're valid. hundred percent. You know, yes. I'm, not, I'm not downplaying any of that. You know, I mean, if, if you don't want to have that always on device, then mm-hmm. turn off the always on device. Dean, Nick, any take on the Amazon Echo? I'll, uh, I'll echo your sentiments that uh, if you want to use it, it's available. You use it. Right. It's like a lot of other things that are available on a Disney trip. There's plenty of mm-hmm. things that people don't use that just sit there. This can be one of them if you're uncomfortable with it. But right. I, I if I think about an actual trip and me being on it, am I going to use that maybe once or twice for the novelty to hear a character voice? But I can do that at home, apparently. Sure. So I, I don't know that I'll get a lot of use out of it, but if it is the, the screen version and maybe there's a touch screen and you can check hours real quick or, you know, who knows what other ability they might put on there. 
Maybe you can make dining reservations on it. That'd be pretty cool. So I, I think it's only an ad. I don't have the privacy concern. I think if Disney wanted to listen in on my conversations, they'd find other ways to do it. So sure. I'm really not too worried. Um, but yeah, if, if it's not for you, don't use it. But if it's there and available, hey, take advantage of it. It'd be cool. And Nick? Yeah, I have Siri on my phone turned off because every time I say, hey, Siri, she misunderstands what I want. So I just probably wouldn't even use it. Right. I have no privacy concerns or anything for it. I just would probably say, hey, hey, Disney, I need some towels. And they would bring up a, you know. A carved owl. Yeah. <laughs> that is how I envision using it, too. I have to tell you, when I was there this summer, there were a couple of times I called for towels. And you never think it's going to go smoothly because they connect you to this general housekeeping line. You just can't imagine that someone's going to show up at your door with towels, but it always worked for me. I got to give Disney credit with that. It's very smooth. And having done that backstage magic tour, I know where they connect you to and it's nowhere near your resort. So it literally is your resort calls the central facility that is behind the magic kingdom. Mm. And they send a dispatch back to house mousekeeping at the resort that you're staying at. So you got a, how many resorts? 32, mm -hmm. 34 <laughs> resorts. You got a one in 34 shot of them getting it right there. Um, and then also not that your room number gets garbled. That's <laughs> your talking. I'm going pretty to, remarkable. I'm going to show you a picture of my view from uh, Boulder Ridge the last time I was there. And I'm pretty sure all the towels are here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to... That is quite a bit of towels. Yeah. That, One, two, three, four, five, six, eight visible giant uh, towel containers on wheels. I got to tell you, as, as ridiculous a statement as this sounds, touring the laundry facility was one of the top three parts of the backstage magic tour. I would I find the, that I think the garbage was in the top three as well. I didn't, we didn't tour the garbage. You um, didn't see the garbage? No, well, that was keys to the kingdom. Sorry, that was keys. To right. the kingdom. I mean, we did, we did. Well, no, I take that back because we did go in the utilidor, so we got to see the the tubes, the pneumatic tubes that carry mm -hmm. the garbage. Um, but yeah, that central shops and seeing a um, uh, Tower of Terror elevator lift, the actual ride vehicle that was being serviced, that was neat. Oh, that's cool. And so that takes us through the announced, the main news stories connected today. I thought we just had to address them. Um, I'm sure there will be more and new announcements coming out all the time. So stuff to look forward to. But tonight's episode is really all about just kind of celebrating Walt Disney World, having a fun chat about it. And I wanted to begin our discussion by posing to each of you guys the question of how did you, what are, what are your earliest memories of Disney World? It's given us like a quick 30 second version of, you know, when you remember going for the first time and the impact it had on you when you went. So, uh, Paul, we'll start with you. Tell us your origin story. My Disney origin story. Um, I was we lived in New Orleans at the time and the year is 1982. And um, picture it. Yeah, picture it. <laughs> um, Pixar wasn't around. Um, but yeah, so, so 1982 and Epcot opens and my dad says, we got to go. So in 1983, we did go for summer vacation to the brand new park Epcot. Um, if I recall correctly, um, we stayed at the holiday Inn just off property. And this was back when Walt Disney world was literally wilderness. So, you know, we're talking like the I drive holiday Inn, 
and then you get in the car and you drive and you go through the gate and then you're still driving and you're driving and you're driving mm-hmm. and you're driving. And um, the first day that we went, we went to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, we didn't go to Epcot until day two. I think it was a, a long weekend. And um, and one of the clearer memories I have is having a character breakfast on the Empress Lily. Wow. Um, which which was, you know, now it's paddlefish. But, you know, back in the Disney Village days. Um, and, you know, that's where you got to actually get a picture with Mickey Mouse. So I have a picture of me somewhere, little seven-year-old me with my sister and my mom and Mickey Mouse. That's a great memory. Yeah. Dean? So my memories of Walt Disney World growing up are with the, the Tanners and with Corey and Topanga <laughs> and all the great TV shows that would have episodes going to Walt Disney World. Uh, because my first trip was actually in 2000 and I was already an adult and paying on my own vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stayed at Dixie Landings and I remember we, uh, you know, we, we, my wife had been there. Well, wasn't my wife at the time, um, currently my wife, but uh, she had been there many times as a kid. So this was definitely like a, a she grew up a, a Disney parks traveler. I grew up a Disney fan, um, but more on Disney history and Disney television and Disney movies then on Disney parks. So it was cool to kind of experience it with someone who was veteran enough to know where to go and how to get there. Um, but you know, all the parks were already there. So got to see all four theme parks, definitely, uh, fell in love with the grand Floridian the first time I monorailed through it and, um, said, okay, well, we're, we're going to come back here and we're gonna get married here and we're gonna stay here. And that's what we did three years later. So, um, still have all the nostalgia, even though, I mean, I say only 2000, that's 21 years ago now. So yes. 2000 is actually quite a while ago. Um, as crazy as that sounds, but uh, happy to have had that experience and, and maybe got to appreciate it in a different way. Um, going there for the first time as a big kid, instead of as a kid kid, I uh, got to dictate my own trip instead of you know going kind of where my parents told me to go. Um, but also had that benefit of a personal tour guide who knew the place inside and out. Right. Thank you, Dean. Uh, Nick, how about you? Um, I went to Disneyland when I was six. And between that and my first visit to Disney World, I went to Disneyland about 10 times. Mm -hmm. So my first trip to Disney World, I was 19 and a bratty 19. And I did not like it. Um. There was some family drama and other stuff going on that kind of ruined the trip. But um, we, I made a point to go back, but that I did not go back till 2010. And then it was with my. You said t- my, 2010? 2010. Mm-hmm. And the trip back was with my wife and my kids at this time, instead of my dad, you know, my family going with my dad and everything. Um, so that time it was more magical it was more that's when i fell in love with disney world was when mm-hmm. i brought my kids and saw it through through their eyes yeah what was it about disney world that you fell in love with this i'll just pose this to the group like what is it and this was something else i was going to get to later in the show towards the end but i think now is a good time to talk about it which is what is the pull that it has over us i mean i'll just speak for myself here i'll, I'll give you guys actually the quick version of my origin story with Disney World. I just remember going there on family vacations when I was a kid. And look, whenever you come home from any trip, you're always kind of bummed to be coming home from vacation. With Disney, that sadness was magnified. I just loved being there. Even as a kid, I kind of viewed it as an escape from reality. 
And so now to be able to go back with my own family, it's, it's a real thrill. And it just, to me, it is an escape. And it's a, it's a place where there's just so much to do, whether you want to go on attractions, you want to go to great restaurants, uh, you want to sit by a pool. It's like everything that the best resorts in the world have to offer and stuff that you don't get elsewhere too. Just so great. So it's, that's kind of what goes to the pull it has over me. But for you guys, what is it that caused you to fall in love with Disney World and go back there so many times? I think one of the big reasons we stay on property every time is the escapism and mm. just not having to be in the, the reality of reality, right? It's, it's the ability to be enraptured in the theme park culture and just let, letting everything else go. Not, we don't watch CNN or, or, you know, Fox news or any other news channels uh, when we're on a vacation, we, we watch Disney resort TV and yes, I do rent a, car and sometimes we do drive from resort to resort that's more about efficiency than anything but if you don't want to you never have to have a car key in your pocket you know you can just take advantage of disney transportation and even if you're sitting at the bus stop for a while it's the family time and the the being away from everything else somehow i have a better ability to not answer my cell phone or not respond to texts when i'm at walt disney world mm -hmm. which is even more magnified when you're on a cruise uh, but just the ability to break away have the family time whether it was, you know, back when it was just my wife and me or now with our son, I just appreciate that. And then just the, the goofiness and the silliness. I mean, I'm goofy and silly in my regular life. I'm pretty sure my coworkers look at me cross-eyed with some <laughs> of the things I'll say and do. Um, but it, that gets magnified when I'm at Walt Disney World too. Just, just right. fun, love, and good times. Nick? You know, originally, because um, I grew up going to Disneyland, um, and every almost every summer um, we would go and we'd also hit um, Universal and Knott's and all that. So that was just fun places to go as a kid. And then when I went back as an adult, it became more of um, two things. One, I just felt relaxed, like all the stress and everything, all that just melted away. And then the other thing was so, um, I'm not sure, like the cast members. Right. Um, like that first visit back in 2010, there was so many. We were there for a week. There were so many magical moments that happened. Not not just, not even just one a day, like multiple times a day where, you know, things could have went one way, but the cast member had made it go another way. It just made it more magical. And just, yeah, well, now when I go there, I just, I feel relaxed. And then um, I just... That's the main thing for me now, because really. with my kids, um, I was it was the, watching them, their right. joy and all that stuff. They're older now; they don't care. <laughs> so now I get that relaxed feeling, and I just let the the cast members uh, right. make it that much better. And Paul, how about you? Yeah, I mean, echoing what nick and dean said you know like um you know for a long time my commute was roughly three hours a day so the fact that i could go anywhere on a vacation and not have to even forget car key not have any keys on me whatsoever and let someone else do all the driving whether it be on the bus or the monorail or the boat or you know whatever it is um it's it's a place that i know fairly well so it's it's a it's it's a it's a comforting feeling to go back to some place that you you can just decide to go someplace and know how to get there. 
Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people that know areas like that. It could be a state park. It could be a national park. It could be a city. It could be, you know, your local reservoir. It could be, it could be anything. And, and that's just where you feel just so comfortable because you just know it, you know, it's, it's home. Um, you know, DVC jokes, you know, like welcome home. But when you, when you go there every year, every other year, every third year, um, you get to not, not necessarily with DVC because it's not, you're not time constricted, but you know, people tend to vacation at the same times. Um, I mean, like I know we go to Hilton Head every Easter, I'm recognizing families that I've seen for a decade. Um, you know, we don't talk, you know, it's not like we're, we're going down to meet other families or anything like that, but you know, at Disney, that's kind of magnified that, you know, it is that family time. If you are sitting, waiting, uh, for a park bus and you're sitting on the bench or, you know, leaning up against the, the, the shade structure that's there at boardwalk, which is tiny. Um, but you know, it's the kids that are, that they have the park Mac that, that they grab from the concierge. Or, you know, they're on the app and they're, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what, what attractions they want to go to first. And it's just that there's an energy of excitement that's all, it's wholesome and corny at the same time. And that's, that in itself is kind of like a, it's an innocent type of feeling that I get. That, that's just great. You know, it is, you are in a bubble. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, stuff in real life for the most part. Because mm-hmm. what am I worried about? I'm worried about do I have enough sunscreen today? Or, you know, and, and, and it's not even a worry really because I could get more, but you know, like, Oh, is it going to rain? Oh, if it rains, then we'll just go to Epcot. You know, there's larger pavilions. We could spend more time inside. It's, it's those types of things that, you know, if, if you were to go to Chicago for a weekend or, or longer, let's say a week, and you know, several of the things you planned on doing are closed for refurbishment or whatever, you kind of have to really retool what you're going to do. You know, if you're, if you're all wrapped up with, we're going to go to a Bulls home game. Well, you didn't check the schedule and the Bulls are away that week. Right. Okay. That completely changes the entire thing. You go to Magic Kingdom, Space Mountain is down. Ah, all right. Well, then we'll go over to Splash Mountain. We'll go over to Big Thunder Mountain. We'll, we'll get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We'll do something else. And it's, like, it's not as big a deal. It's a great point, Paul. Something else, too, that I don't think a lot of people think about, but I've started to think about it, is that when you go to Disney World, it actually is a chance for you to feel connected to the entire, really the entire world, but certainly the entire country. Because when you're there, you see people from every state, all different types of accents. I mean, I was at uh, a couple trips ago walking near the boardwalk and a family asked me for directions and we just got to talking. So I said, where are you from? And they're from Iowa. I don't think I ever met anyone from Iowa. I still don't think I've met anyone since that time from <laughs> Iowa. But, uh, you know, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Iowa, I couldn't believe it. Um, and someone else actually in some Facebook group said that they were a big Disney fan from Idaho. So you really, it, th- that is pretty cool. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. And of course, during non-COVID times, you know, you go to um, World Showcase and there are so many cast members from around the world and you get to hear their their accents and, learn about their customs and traditions. I just find it, it's very fascinating. It, it really is. Uh, you, I, look, I guess if you go on vacation to New York City, and I could tell you from having been at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, you really see people from all over the world there. But there's not many other places like that, that you can go on vacation and 
it's like you're in a focus group on a political show with people from all different backgrounds. It's pretty fascinating. Did you meet anybody from Indiana just to round out your I state? Eyes? That you what about to Illinois? <laughs> yeah, Illinois. You know, how about them too? Uh, yeah, I, it, it's interesting though, but I think it's different than going to one of the museums in New York because that's it. Going to a theme park is a shared experience, whereas mm-hmm. going to a museum, it's still. I mean, you and your and your and your party, but it's it's you looking at the exhibit. You're not actually in anything. Um, you know, it, it's when when you when you get off Star Tours, as an example, only because I haven't ridden Rise of the Resistance, Rise of the Resistance. And you look around, you can tell the people that haven't ridden before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. You know, and, and that whole, you know, you just get that. Yeah, that was cool. You know, I can't believe I can't believe Chewbacca was on the windshield, you know, like that, 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 that type of stuff. Um, whereas, you know, and, and that. You're right. You do, you do feel connected. And one of the other things I love seeing are the, the place names for the cast members. Mm-hmm. You know, Dean touched on, you know, the cast members really making the difference. I know, Nick, you absolutely touched on how much difference a cast member can make. But to see that they come from all over the place and they've chosen to come here to Walt Disney World and, you know, to and, and, it, and it is really that it's that service mentality that you know like i i want to work at this you know the pinnacle of of customer service and hospitality and that's what they want to do mm-hmm. i was going to say though i loved your outfit you wore at the met Gala. oh thank you yes um you know scott build, building on the meeting people and you know like like paul said I th- building on your star tour story you go into the, the gift shop afterwards and you're like hey that person was the rebel spy or right. you see someone who's going to build afterwards but to me it's it's not even just the people meeting but just people watching i mean it's it's a it's it's a hobby at walt disney world you, you know if you're grabbing that morning starbucks on main street hang out at one of the tables and just watching the families going by and seeing the joy and especially on the first timers seeing the castle for the first time taking their family photo with photo pass all that stuff the, the people watching can really pass time. And that's why, and, and I hope it's returning, but why the reason I loved such uh, the live entertainment opportunities yeah. at all the parks, it's it's just hanging around and it's almost the, um, I want to see what's going to happen next type thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not usually anything overly dramatic, but just seeing that when the cast member gives a balloon to a little kid and, and you know, the, the, the joy on the parents' face when they buy that for their kid or it gets gifted to them or whatever. And, and the kid is just like beaming from ear to ear. Those kind of moments are special. You get those on vacation. You don't take the time to appreciate that kind of stuff in everyday life. I Agreed. like standing by the, was it the sunshine, sunshine tree terrace, easy for me to say, when Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom was there. And, you know, I'm, in, I'm enjoying my citrus swirl and I'm just watching with delight. I never played Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, but there was a station there. And just to see the kids, the video would play, they'd take out their card, they would do their battle. And then just the just the reaction of these like five, six, seven year old kids, um, just like I, I, I won, you know, like did, it, that was so cool. Did they have to tell you to get off the crate because you were blocking the scanner? No, I knew, <laughs> I knew Nick not to be on the crate, but you know exactly where I mean, don't you? Yes, because yeah. I had to tell several people to move so I could <laughs> play the game. Nick, have you been to the Met Gala? Have any of you guys been to the Met Gala? No, I've watched Oceans, uh, Oceans Eight. I've been to the Met. I've been, I've been to. to Met. Uh, I've been to MetLife too. Uh, I, have I been? Yeah, I've been to MetLife. 
I've been to New York all of once. Yes. And you asked me why I can't meet you at Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I went to um, uh, see the Statue of Liberty. Mm. And we almost, we, you know, we came from New York. We almost went back to New Jersey because we got at the wrong boat line. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I mean, could picked you up. Yeah. Well, Scott, then, I was busy. Then Polly may have came and saw me. Nick, what? something that you did recently. I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. I no, I was just going to make a joke, and he's going to say, "I'm in, I'm in a city called Jersey City. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please come help me?" <laughs> Nick, with your recent trip to Disney, that solo trip just for hotels, that got me thinking about something too, which is that maybe other than Las Vegas, Las Vegas maybe is the only other place that I could think this really applies to. As big fans of Disney World, we're fascinated not just with the theme parks, but with the hotels as well. The hotels are like their own draw that takes us back again and again. I mean, you don't hear anyone say, oh, I'm going on vacation to Denver. They opened up a new Marriott. I'm doing a staycation there. You know what I mean? And this could be a nice Marriott, but you're not going to see that, of course. But Disney World, for example, Nick, when you went down a couple of weekends ago and had those multiple hotel stays, we thought it was amazing. We thought it was a perfect trip because we love those hotels. And I think Disney World fans, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on YouTube, the hotels themselves bring us back again and again because they're each so different. And I wanted you guys to comment on that. Just your how much of that plays into your own thinking in terms of your returning to Disney World on multiple occasions. You That's why I don't stay off property. Right. You know. And I grew up in Las Vegas, so yeah, I know exactly what you mean about the uh, the all the casinos, the sure. resorts in Vegas. They are each one is individually its own little uh, ecosystem, really. Yeah. And that's how some of the resorts at Disney are. Right. I mean, I when I've been to Vegas, I've stayed at a bunch of hotels, and when sometimes I see a new hotel open up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to go back there, and I want to see that hotel, just like with Disney World. I want to see the contemporary, even though I've been there a million times, I want to see the updates in person, which look fantastic. I want to go to Steakhouse 71. And what I'm talking about even goes beyond hotels. It goes to the restaurants as well. Each of these is such a draw. Um, I think it's part of what answers the question, Scott. Why do you keep going back there? Mm -hmm. Because going back there and staying at Saratoga this past summer was a completely different trip than staying at Boardwalk two summers ago. Yeah. Right. And it, and it would be a completely different trip from staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah. Or staying at Wilderness Lodge. And not just because they're both named Lodge. For me, that is a that is definitely a draw. And uh, I think it, it's great the way that Disney is incorporating the 50th anniversary into not just all of the hotels, but all of the theme parks. Obviously, when we think of the 50th, the main, main park we think of is the Magic Kingdom. But at each of the theme parks. There are statues to see. We may not be a fans of all the choices of the statues, what was chosen, but there's stuff to do everywhere. And I'm looking forward to experiencing it over the next, what is it, 18 months are going to be having this, this stuff? At least. Yeah, at least. That's true. Animal um, Kingdom might be 50 by the time they finish the celebration. That's true. It'll be 50 uh, by the time Tron opens. No words. I don't know what to say to that. That's good. <laughs> it's true. Um, Nick, Nick read that one today. He had to repeat it. Listen, 
<laughs> I'm still mad that my uh, term Tron Struction never took off for the uh, construction of the Tron ride. Right. Well, that's so, a good one. I hadn't heard that. I like it. So today, as the episode drops and we're celebrating the 50th anniversary, I know we'll all be glued to Diz Twitter, which we're at, we're glued to every day. So that's not a unique thing. But what, if anything, do you plan on doing to commemorate the 50th? Are you going to be watching the ABC special? Are you going to be making... DVR is set for the ABC special. Yeah. Could be good. I will probably not have my book in time. The book, yeah. We're talking about the 50th anniversary book, which... uh, Uh, Paul, will you be okay with the fact that Tom Brady is apparently featured on this 50th anniversary special? I'm actually perfectly fine with Tom Brady now that he's not a patriot and he's actually funny. Um, <laughs> right, right. I never would have known um, until he went to Florida. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I'll never be fine with Tom Brady. Well, I mean, there's that, but you know, I'm, I'm going to really enjoy when he goes and um, decimates the Patriots in New England. Um, that's Sunday night. It's aces in my book. But um, I, to answer your question, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, find some of those. I'm definitely going to watch the Walt Disney Epcot project video um, where he announced what is going on in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to watch the Imagineering story when it talks about building the Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to watch the celebrations because i tend to not like those as much um but they're they're cheesy to a certain degree yeah i mean like you know it, i i don't typically watch you know i know i know dean this is a staple in your house so i'm very sorry but i don't, I don't typically watch like the christmas special that they- <gasps> i know like pearls i don't that scared the crap out of me <laughs> it breaks my heart paul it does but i'll, I'll watch it twice to make up for you there you go. That that works. Dean, what are you going to be doing Friday? I will be uh, at a baseball clinic. <laughs> Actually, if you want the if you want the honest answer, that's where we will be, uh, which is why I'm DVRing it. So, um, but we'll definitely watch the special. It may not be live time on Friday. I I kind of prefer those on fast forward. Yeah, um, for some of the stuff you guys mentioned. Right. When they get a little bit too commercially, I'll I'll skip those parts and mm-hmm. some of the musical performances I would probably skip over, but. Um, no, I'll, I'm, jokes aside, I probably will be following along on Diz Twitter uh, with some of the folks that are there and seeing some of the celebration going on live. And if there's any good live streams, I'll pick them up. Mostly I'll be texting you guys. Yeah, the other thing I'm absolutely going to see is the wait times for Rise of the Resistance because I've been assured it's going to be eight hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, that five minutes was just a fluke. Right. As was the 45 minutes and the 35 minutes and the 55 minutes. If I, I set the, the over other... under at 90 minutes, are you going to bet over under that it'll break that in the day? Oh, it'll break it in the day. It'll break it in the in in the morning. I mean, it'll be your typical morning rush. We'll get to like three hours, three and a half hours. And then within an hour, it'll be down to 75 minutes. And that's about where it'll stay. Mm-hmm. And the post-it is always inflated from the actual. Right. And right. the reason I say that is the majority of the people, this is my opinion, the majority of the people that are going to be going for the anniversary have already ridden Rise of the Resistance. So mm-hmm. they're not going to wait in line to ride something they've already ridden. They're also going for Magic Kingdom. Exactly. Studio Which... was not open in 1971. Now, I have in a fact, question as a fa- yeah, in, fact, 
you shouldn't even ride anything that wasn't open in 1970. If you're a purist, you definitely should not. Now, Paul, I'm going to have a question as a follow-up to something you've just said, but Nick, I wanted to get to you as well. What are you going to be doing on Friday for uh, the 50th? Wait, well, I have a question for Paul. Since they moved Dumbo, does that count as an original attraction or is that a new one? That's a great question. And which side, left or right, is the original? That I don't know because um, it's been refurbed several times since 71 anyway. Um, so you'd be you'd have to ride the monorail, the boats. You could do Tom Sawyer Island. You could do Haunted Mansion, Hall of Presidents, the Carousel. I mean, Haunted Mansion's been redone. I don't think that counts. Yeah, well, I mean, but the building was there. Um, was it a bras? That's not there anymore. Nope, wrong one. Um, you are not allowed to ride pirates because that came later. Can't ride space. Uh, nope, space came. Actually, space was the year of my birth. So that's cool. <laughs> You want to make a great video on YouTube, make a serious video where you say to celebrate the 50th, you're going to ride an opening day attraction and go on Slinky Dog. <laughs> oh, 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 that would be trolling extreme. That'd be awesome. Paul's reaction on Twitter is probably what I'll be doing. That's a perfect that. That's probably what was intended by the Disney company. That that's what JPEG will be doing on Friday. Right. Uh, I wanted to ask you something that Paul made me think of just a second ago with his comment, which is how many people other than the hardcore Disney fans even know that it's Disney World's 50th anniversary? I know there's a lot of stuff going on. You got the ABC special. You have promotional tie-ins, but I'm not sure the average person really knows about it or even cares. I can tell you this. We have a friend who is a relatively new Disney fanatic. And she has a friend who is going this upcoming weekend, has no idea that something's going on. And I, I told our friend, you might want to advise her if she has flexibility in that date. Um, this is going to be a very tough time for her to go because mm -hmm. their focus is to go to Magic Kingdom for a day and to go to Epcot for a day. Yeah, that's a rough trip. And, and they want to go to Magic Kingdom on the first, ah. and Epcot on the second. Do they even get a reservation? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. I mean, they, they booked their trip a long time ago. I see. Um, and that's why they don't want to move it. And so they'll, they'll be there. And I can't wait to hear from our friends next week on how the experience went. So that is at least one person that was going that had absolutely no clue to expect anything different or any sort of increase in crowd. I guess we'll get a sense if the parks are at 100% capacity, because if we assume that the park is going to be really crowded on traditional days when it's 100% capacity, you'd be looking at excessive wait times in the morning for something like Space Mountain or Splash Mountain. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I still don't see this crowd. I, I see this crowd more as lining up really early for the celebrations that are going right. going on. I remember you said rather that. Recently, getting, I, I agree with that. Rather than trying to queue up for Space Mountain. Right. A lot of the people that will be at the Magic Kingdom on the first go all the time. <laughs> and it's not like it's that once every 15 year trip. Yeah, I actually think you probably could get on attractions pretty easily for at least some of the attractions. Right. It'll just be interesting to see if folks like come in the main gate and don't even notice. Right. Right. Can your uh, friend get me a 50th anniversary uh, park map? If we can get the message through, I will uh, make the request for you. So if you wanted to go to Disney World on Friday the 1st, uh, you could go to Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. Right. Yeah. There are no I'd reservations. Want, I, I'd be going to Hollywood Studios. 
um, for Epcot or Magic Kingdom. But on the second, all parks are available. Mm. See? They're actually reservations. All, the only day that the only two days that have no uh, some parks not available is uh, the first and the thirty first. Magic Kingdom is booked on the thirty first. Wow, I mean, yeah, that's surprising. That makes sense. But all it, the other all the other days are green. Plus, it's a Sunday, so you got a weekend and it's Halloween. Wow. And then, I, how often? I, and I'll leave you with this, guys, before we get to the stuff we love segment. How often over the next however many months it is that Disney World is celebrating the 50th, do you think we're going to be getting new announcements of things in conjunction with the 50th? Do you think we're looking at a month of announcements and then it kind of just gets into a more traditional routine as we head into the holidays? Or do you think this is going to be, you know, eight months from now, there's going to be new merch type of thing? No, I, I, I think it's going to be more like the years of a million dreams where it's just the continuation of the theme. Um mm-hmm. And honestly, I could see a continuing beyond what they plan if it's popular, particularly those food items, because that doesn't, you know, it's we've we've talked about it before um, on your show and on Butter and Bacon. Year of a Million Dreams is so popular because it really wasn't it wasn't it was just something to make you feel good. Like it wasn't this big, giant production other than giving away, you know, cruises and stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, it's ear hats, it's uh, magic fast passes. Um, you know, they, that was the, the bulk of the gifts. Um, you know, so for every one stay they had in the, um, in the Cinderella suite, um, you know, you had hundreds of people winning things that were just, you know, not, not large in the scheme of things. So, I mean, yeah, if that, if that tentacle drink ends up being really popular, I could see that kind of stuff staying, not necessarily making it into the day-to-day menu, but just, you know, like it, Hey, we're we're keeping this celebration going, right? When I went in uh, 2010, it was uh, Summer Nightastic, and really the only thing they were doing was a different fireworks show, and they were open late. Two things they're not doing anymore mm-hmm. right now. You know, well they are doing fireworks, but um, yeah, but that's brand. I mean, they just they just restarted, restarted it, but yeah, yeah just oh, it, the the big draw was they were open late. They were open until 3 a.m. That was the whole point of the, the celebration. And, you know, that was awesome to stay there till 3 a.m. The yeah. cast member was looking at you, okay, leave now. It's 3 a.m. I'm tired. <laughs> I still need to clean up and lock my station down, and you need to leave. You're, you're and, wandering... oh, by the way, we open in five hours. Yeah. Right? You're, you're wandering down Main Street, and there's a guy behind you with a hose, hosing it down, <laughs> trying to get... Uh... I, I think I've told this story before, too. I've been chased off of Big Thunder Mountain at 3. Um, I've also been chased out of Animal Kingdom at 11. Um, Animal Kingdom was way darker than than any other park in the dark. Yeah. Um, it's a little eerie walk. And I took the long way. I pretended I didn't know where I was going, but I I, I had the last ride on Everest. And then I walked, I walked through Africa to get to get out mm-hmm. the the only park i was chased out of was california adventure after uh rolled a color i went over and was standing on a uh the where the um blue sky cellar was there was a little um fence and i was kind of leaning on that trying to take a picture into cars land before it opened oh yeah and one of the cast members go park's closed let's go buddy <laughs> I, I, I never had that experience because I always kept walking and I very clearly was taking nighttime pictures 
So the security guard was was very present, but very respectful, probably about 50 yards yeah, from, like not he, even close, but just making sure I wasn't going to double back or go in a bathroom or anything like that. Yeah, he wasn't mean. He was just, come on, let's go. Yeah, he's like, come on, come on, come on. You got your picture, let's go. They, they do that strategically at Epcot too. They'll, they'll get you out of the land pavilion, whatever land you're in. Not Not literally the land pavilion, but you know, Morocco or wherever you are. And then they'll help funnel you back out to the main path and then really subtly just kind of direct you down back towards future world and out the door and the route that they want. And unless you really try to break stream, um, you know, even when you're by yourself, they're, they're not going to give you a hard time about it. We stopped for lots of pictures, but I remember we had an ADR one time, the park closed at nine with illuminations and we sat for dinner at eight 40. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't get out of dinner until after 10 30. Yeah. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. After nine 30 because it was about an hour long for dinner. So the park was empty, Illuminations was done. We, we kind of meandered our way out. We were probably leaving around 10. And it was uh, it was cool. It's good. It's fun to be in the parks that late, empty. Yeah. I know that's not late, but for Epcot, that's late because it was empty. Yeah, you talk about treasured memories. I mean, our second trip was in 1984, so only one year later. And um, we happened to go and we ate someplace in Epcot and I don't know where we ate, more than likely beer garden, knowing my dad and me. <laughs> uh, but we did the last showing of the American Adventure. And, you know, again, you know, we, we watched Illuminations. I think it was like um, we had watched Illuminations the night before. So we didn't do that. So it was like, you know, if Illuminations started at nine, um, and this is before Reflections of Work, uh, Reflections of Earth, rather. This is before Reflections of Earth. So this is the actual early illuminations with lasers that shot across and, um, you know, the country's all lit up and then they had fireworks and that was about it. But um, we, we walked in, we sat down, we, we, I think it was us and two other parties in that giant theater and we watched The American Adventure, which is not a short show. And then we got out and it was a deserted theme park and we, we strolled and they had already hosed down, you know, Nick, you talked about, you know, kind of hosing it down. They'd already hosed down the streets. So you had all of these reflections, pun intended, of the, um, all of the pavilions had all of their edge lighting up and just walking towards Spaceship Earth and, um, you know, seeing the construction for Horizons. Yes, that's how old it was. And, you know, just walking under Spaceship Earth and no one around. Absolutely That's a great memory. Hurted. Oh, I mean, you know, it, imagine it just like we had the park to ourselves and it probably took us a good 45 minutes to walk to the front anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time we ended up leaving, it probably was closer to 1030. At Disney World, you could see things and do things that you just can't do elsewhere. I mean, if you were in a city and you said, OK, I'm going to go out now at three in the morning. Actually, Vegas was the only other place I think I've done that, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. Right, we've been but, on Times Square at three in the morning. I wouldn't yeah. go too far off of Times Square, though. I've right. driven through Times Square at three in the morning before they close right. to all the traffic. That's the only time I would drive through Times Square. Mm. Now you yeah. now you get arrested. Right. But you definitely at Disney, you get to do stuff that you can't do elsewhere. And I think it's that expectation of the unexpected, I guess, and comfort of the familiar. I like that, by the way. That's a good tagline. Expectation of the unexpected and comfort of the familiar that brings us back time and again to Walt Disney World. And with that, guys, dramatic pause.
we turn now to the stuff we love saying. So what I threw out to the guys in advance of tonight's episode was to just choose something for the stuff we love segment that is a memorable Walt Disney World souvenir or perhaps just Disney related as it ended up becoming as uh, we were talking about this. So uh, let's go tonight. We'll start with Dean. Give us a memorable stuff we love souvenir. Well, I'm really glad you gave us some time to think about it because mm. in 20 years of vacations and, and the amount of things that we've purchased over the years, it's it's hard to narrow down to one. And then I started to really challenge myself and say, well, what is a souvenir? Because I could say my marathon medal is mm. one of the my favorite things I've ever gotten at Disney. But I'm calling that earned. I'm not calling that a souvenir. And then I had to do quick math, and, and I was debating whether or not my son qualified. Uh, but he, our last trip was actually 10 months prior, so I don't think it's him. Um, so what I am going to settle on is – no, Paul, you're not my favorite souvenir. No, I um, made that. No. Paul, <laughs> I made that thing. I like that one. So I got it down to two, Scott, and one yes. of them I purchased and one of them I indirectly purchased. Um the first one is uh, I have a pin from Pleasure Island and I was a big Pleasure Island fan when mm. it existed. And so um, there was a period of time, not probably not as much as Nick collected, but I was a pin, bit of a pin collector. Um, didn't feel like I needed to have all of them, but uh, felt like, you know, there's certain ones that were meaningful and the Pleasure Island one was definitely one. So we're happy to have that. But I, to narrow it down to my final choice, I think my favorite Walt Disney World merch slash souvenir item is a watch that I have. Um, when we got married there, they gave us gifts, uh, a gift as part of the wedding. Uh, and our gift was a pair of his and her watches. Oh, cool. That are Disney watches. And we've never worn them. <laughs> so they, they stay in the box uh, that they were originally given to us in. Um, and we come across the box every now and again. I don't know, maybe we should do more and display them. But just having those, um, just sort of as a, a commemoration of our wedding trip, yeah. has always been one of my favorite things when we, when we look at those. Say that really excited to have that. That's a great choice. Very unique. Um, Paul, how about you? Uh, way less unique, um, but it's the first drink that I had at Trader Sam's, and I, I still have the Krakatoa mug, and that is my go-to whenever I make myself a tea drink. Um, you know, I've got I've got the cool-headed monkey that I know Nick likes. Um, you know, I've got that mug, I've got a whole bunch of mugs. I've got the, Oh, which is enormous. Um, but not only is that my favorite mug, cause it's, it was my first time in Sam's. I sat at the bar. Um, I closed it, um, missed the monorail and the boat. Um, but you know, whatever. And, um, I had a great time and that, that mug, not only, you know, that's my go-to for me, but that's also my go-to whenever I say I'm going to make someone else a drink and I've got glow cubes. I'll put it in there. Um, you know, so it's got the red glow coming from below and, um, yeah. So I, I would say it's, it's that tiki mug. Great choice. Nick, how about you? So there's things I collect and then there's also like my favorite thing I've gotten at Disney world. So I collect park mats, like the one behind me. Um, so like every time we go there, I'll grab, um, you know, the, the maps, when you walk into the park, I'll grab five or six extra and stick them in my backpack. So I have tons of those. Mm -hmm. um, but my, like our trip in 2010, we had just arrived. We had just checked in to uh, all-star movies. 
Um, and I walked over to the gift shop and they had just started putting out those vinylmations. And I grabbed one of the Muppet ones. And the first one I bought, the first one I opened was the Kermit Chaser in his little tuxedo. And I still have that display. That's one of my favorite. Uh, that went down a whole path of collecting those stupid things. That's great and meaningful for you because you love the Muppets. Yes, I love the Muppets. And um, and they just announced that there is a 50th uh, anniversary in Finalmation collection. They're back for like the first time in like four years. Or oh, okay, cool. But I'm not buying any of them. <laughs> we'll have to put a damper on that pretty quickly. Yeah, you will. He says it now. I'll probably buy the box. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did buy a case once. Oh, wow. <laughs> well... Uh, for my stuff we love, I'll mention two things real quick. I just I don't remember what trip it was that I got this on and it was bought for me as a souvenir by my parents. You guys remember they used to sell in the gift shops those picture books from Disney World where you could buy their official Disney releases and they were filled with photos from the parks and the attractions. And you know what I'm talking about? They used to sell those there. So I have it still. It's not in the best condition, but I just remember as a kid looking at that book over and over again when I was back home in New Jersey. And it kept me connected to Disney World at a time when there was no YouTube, no Twitter, no digital photos, that type of stuff. And then the second thing I'll mention would be on some trip. Oh, and there, uh, as I speak, Paul is holding up. I can't see it in the thing. Yep. yep that, okay. Yeah. Holding up one of those picture books. Yep. Those are great collectibles. That's it, Paul. You're holding the one. That's the one I have. Paul's now holding the one I have. That's it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's the way back in the day for the kids listening. That's the way us old folks got access to photos. <laughs> Picture books like that. Couldn't just bring it up on the internet or anything like that. But um, I had yeah. a, a viewfinder. Oh, yeah. With, uh, pictures from uh, Disney World. Sure. That would be a cool thing to bring back for the 50th. Yeah, world. as Paul opens the book he's holding, we see something for World of Motion to give you an idea about uh, how vintage this is. Really cool to look at. That's a good 50th anniversary activity, Paul, to look at that book on the, on Friday. That's a great idea. Yeah. And the other thing I was just going to mention... I should record it and put it on a YouTube. That is a quality experience. <laughs> Paul, reads a story. Yeah. Story time with Paulie. Yeah. And the other Spirit thing I was just going to mention in the haunted mansion where 999 goblins, ghouls, and ghosts are just dying for you to join their party. The second thing I just mentioned, I didn't know there was like, goblins in the haunted mansion. I didn't either. <laughs> What's that? He said goblins. I said, I didn't know there was goblins in the haunted mansion. Disney well, MGM ghouls Studios. Too. Yep. Wow. This was $4. $4. This one doesn't have price. Wow. What is it? What is it called? A pictorial souvenir of Walt Disney World is this one. This one is Walt Disney World, a pictorial souvenir. <laughs> Featuring the Magic Kingdom and Epcot Center. Wow. Yeah, I flipped through these. Pictorial um, souvenir. I have flipped through these many times. It's awesome. <laughs> I've got loose pages. Yeah. And the other souvenir I just wanted to mention real quick, I bought some, it's not a figurine, but it's a display piece to put on a table that features the icons from the four parks. 
at a time when the uh, Mickey Tower ears were the icon of Hollywood studios. It's a little thing that fits on the desk. And it's just traveled with me over the years from home to college to back home to my new house. It's kind of one of those Disney constants for me. So that is my stuff we love. And Paul is now holding up another picture. I'll tell our listeners what it is. It is the something village, Walt Disney World Village, which yes. was that's pre downtown Disney, correct? That's that is yeah. correct. Wow. Was the yeah. boathouse open? <laughs> no, there's no boathouse. There's uh, and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, even where Pleasure Island was, mm-hmm. isn't it's trees, wow. trees. It's okay. Trees. Scott, the uh, weenie of Hollywood Studios will always be the Sorcerer's Tower. That is true. The classic. It's the water water tower. You know, that brings up a completely different topic, not for this episode, (laughs) but people are always nostalgic, I think, for the time that they first went to Walt Disney World. Right. And and it's interesting, the the folks that will, you know, cry for, hey, the mid-80s Disney is the best Disney. You think about a number of things, including Boathouse, that wouldn't be there if we dialed back to that level. Sure. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. To, I, I don't know what the best time of Disney is. It's uh, 19, It might be now. 1980s Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Mm. Now, Disneyland is a whole nother discussion. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying you said the best time at Disney. And again, just giving you giving you the the sense of timing here. Um, Walt Disney World looking forward in the advanced stages of planning and design for Epcot Center's future world is the Living Seas. Wow! Additional future uh, additional world showcase and future world pavilions are now in preliminary planning stages. Brazil, Scandinavia pavilion, <laughs> featuring the cultures of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. Yeah, two of those kind of got. Mm, Israel and Spain pavilions. Those are still coming. A health pavilion and a yeah. space pavilion. Yeah, we got that okay. too. Yeah. And, and a restaurant. And uh, we have concept art of the Morocco pavilion. This is, is the uh, is the weenie wall in the concept art? No. I just want to see something real quick. Ooh, 50th anniversary final mation. You look them up. It's a weird set because it's like Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Donald, Goofy, Chip and Dale, and then like a pirate from the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dumbo, yeah, and one of the Country Bears. If if Figment's not the chaser, then we riot. In in this version, it's spirits are high in the Haunted Mansion, where 999 goblins, ghouls, and ghosts are just dying. Goblins and ghouls. What? I told you there were ghouls. Where are their goblins? Well, ghouls, ghouls are uh, aren't they just another form of ghosts? Yeah, they're like scarier ghosts. But like, goblins they, are. Um, ghouls, I believe, are varsity ghosts. <laughs> they played a. <laughs> they played a sport. <laughs> they lettered in basketball. Yeah, they lettered. They, they lettered in basketball. They were on the chess team. Before we go to the part of the show where we'll tell our listeners where they can find us on social media, I just want to mention as part of this 50th anniversary discussion, some of the historical events that have happened at Disney World that not a lot of people think of, which is, I just happened to look this up and I knew, I knew this stuff, but uh, Richard Nixon's famous speech in which he said, I'm not a crook. That was at the Contemporary Resort. The Beatles 
officially came to an end when John Lennon was staying at the Polynesian and signed the paperwork that officially dissolved the Beatles. And it was not the inauguration itself, but I believe that President Reagan on his second inaugural, I think the there was some he came to Epcot and had an inaugural parade with marching bands. And there was a reason for it not happening in D.C. It may have had to do with the weather in D.C. was not appropriate for that on the day that the traditional inauguration took place. There was some backstory there. Uh, and of course, I think every president has been at Disney World since the park opened. Don't quote me on that, but I yeah, think President Obama gave a president. Yeah, it's true. President Obama gave a speech at uh, Magic Kingdom, and I was there that day. Oh, really? Yep. So pretty cool stuff there. I just wanted to mention that because for me as a Beatles fan, I keep going back to the Beatles one. But uh, Dean actually wrote uh, "It's a Small World" three boats behind President Obama. <laughs> Not a fact, but uh, I like that idea. <laughs> Let the um, listeners you, think it's true. And Scott, you've you you have heard all of those facts on uh, resort reviews done on the Butter and Bacon podcast. I get all my news <laughs> from Butter and Bacon podcast, <laughs> not just Disney. Everything. People say they well, what newspapers they almost fell off the couch. <laughs> well, gentlemen, with that. I would like to give you all an opportunity to plug the podcast, Butter and Bacon, plug where our listeners can find you on social media. So who wants to do that? Fuck. Fuck. Yes, you can find us uh, collectively at Butter and Bacon on Twitter. Uh, Me, Yo Polly and Jay on Twitter. Um, And at some point I'll release episodes, but it's it's rare. And uh, now it's just basically every time that Nick asks me to, I delay a day. So um, that's that's really what's happening. I actually don't have access to the Butter and Bacon Twitter account. That nor, is correct. Nor do I want to have access to it. That's also correct. Do you guys want to say where each of you are? Can we find on social media? I did. Like if you'd like us to. Yeah, yeah, of course. This is the plug part. This is the part where the show is getting long and I'm getting tired. <laughs> Yeah, I'm be, I was supposed to go to bed 45 minutes ago. Dean, well, you where can, can find me. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Or if you want to contact us, get a quote, contact the travel agency at AIOT travel on Twitter. And we'd be happy to, uh, to talk to you and help you with your trip planning. It is a fee free agency, the College of Disney Knowledge, AIOT travel. Nick, what about you? Uh, I am at Nick Waymania on Twitter, posting uh, memes that Polly doesn't find funny. <laughs> and I am on Twitter at ScottyBoy4, and you can find the Stuff We Love podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. We are on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a YouTube page, a Facebook page. Our website is StuffWeLovePodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us, StuffWeLovePodcast at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us if you have not done so already on all podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so forth. Stitcher. You prob- What's that? I'm subscribed on Stitcher. 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 Thank you. Out, uh, Overcast. Overcast. That's a good one. That's the one it's I Just use. proof that Scott doesn't have this written down. He does this all from memory. It's amazing. Every it blows time. my mind every time. <laughs> every Thank you. Time. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And I also would add now, in response to our topic earlier, people at Resort rooms will probably be able to listen to butter and bacon and stuff we love on their amazon echo devices that's cool yes and then complainer was an intrusion <laughs> to their private lives but hey Beck will have it blocked 
That's right. That's right. And uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, please leave us those good five-star reviews, which makes it easier for others to find the podcast. And guys, I think that tonight we had a real good time looking back on Walt Disney World's first 50 years, a little bit of talk of what's to come. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the celebration and everything that's going to happen in the world of Disney over the next few months. Looking forward to the next 50 years. The next 50 years. That is the good stuff. And we'll wrap up the show as we always do on the Stuff We Love podcast. We'll go around this virtual table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Dean. I'm Nick. I'm Paul. And this has been Butter and Bacon Meats, the Stuff We Love podcast. (laughs) Take care, everyone.